Hello and welcome to another episode of the Generosity Freak Show. I am your host, Brady Josephson, and today we got a little Canadian treat for you. Uh, I am Canadian, if you didn't know, but we are talking with Marina Glogovats. She's the president and CEO at Canada Helps, a largest online fundraising tool and platform in Canada with about 8,000 Canadian charities, uh, raises about $250 million each year. And for the past three years, they've been producing something called The Giving Report or the Canadian Giving Report, which looks at uh, charitable giving in Canada, not just online, but also across the whole sector and space. And it's one of the most comprehensive reports that we have in Canada to look at charitable giving, which is really interesting. And so in this episode, we talk about why do that report? Where does the data come from? uh, What are some of the highlights and trends? You know, spoiler alert, some of them aren't very positive. So then we look for some silver linings in there. And then we also talk about uh, kind of disaster response giving in light of COVID-19 and what Canadians and Canadian organizations have done. So it's a really interesting conversation. I think even if you're not Canadian or you don't care about Canadian charity, I think there's still some things to learn and hopefully it's insightful for you. So I appreciate you listening and thanks as always. Welcome to the Freak Show, here we go It's just another Freak Show, here we go I said welcome to the Freak Show, here we go It's just another Freak Show, here we go Welcome to the Freak Show, here we go It's just another Freak Show, here we go Welcome to the Freak Show, here we go It's just another Freak Show, here we go Hi, Marina. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Brad. So, so great to be here. So uh, I know you're, you're a busy woman. You've got a lot going on, and uh, there's a great report on Canadian giving that I want to get into. So let's, let's dive right into it. So this is the third year I believe you and your team have created this charitable giving report in Canada. Can you just share a little bit about what this report is, uh, kind of what goes into it, and why mm-hmm. you wanted to do it? Right, right, right. Well, we started, uh, as you said, back in 2017, Brad. We actually got a grant from the Ontario Trillium Foundation to develop our own data infrastructure and capacity. And mm-hmm. part of that grant was to actually, at the end of the three years, to develop uh, this giving report. We, I found when I got into the charitable sector from the for-profit sectors and technology sectors that there was very little data about the sector as a whole, and there was very little data about the sector as a whole that is available that was available for Canadians, right? Like mm-hmm. individual charities may have their data or maybe their subsector within the sector. But one of the first things that I noticed is that Canadians do not understand and appreciate uh, the entirety of the charitable sector, where we know mm-hmm. a lot more about all sorts of other sectors in Canada, oil and gas, and so on, so on and so forth. So this report really initially was designed to aggregate data to present something that would educate Canadians that would, you know, present the sector as a whole and some of the trends that are happening, the charitable giving. Because one of the things that I noticed right away, and that's, you know, true across the board in in the States and, and Europe and England, the charitable sector is just huge and it's very consequential, not just Socially, which we all know, but economically as well. Mm-hmm. So we we set out to to do this and to see really what's going on. And this year is the third one that we did. We, uh, you know, we use our data now. Canada Health has like a huge aggregate data uh, in almost 1.3 billion dollars in giving, so it's it's very statistically relevant. Mm-hmm. So we use our data, or and annually, you know, 250 million dollars of giving. 
Um, and then we actually also use um, data source from Canada Revenue Agency and SAS Canada, including individual and family tax filers, and also the T3010 registered charity information return. So we kind of take all of it uh, in order to produce this report. Awesome. And that is, that is a huge gap. You know, I, I studied nonprofit management in the U.S., but I'm a born and raised Canadian, and that was one of the biggest frustrations about moving back to Canada was yeah. just the the lack of general data and information that we have in Canada to work from. You know, Stats Canada, I think they've changed it, but it was, you know, every four years is when we, how how did the last four years go? You know, there's know. there was not much in between. So I'm so thankful that uh, you and your team and partners uh, have been able to produce this report because it's really, really interesting. Yeah, thanks. thanks so let's... Uh, Let's get into the report itself. Uh, obviously, we're not going to cover all the highlights. People yeah. can go read it for themselves. But yeah. what were a few of the the kind of trends or highlights or things that stood out to, to you and your team as you dug into the data? Well, we, I mean, this is the third year in a row that we see this continuation of um, the overall charitable giving flatlining and slightly decreasing and that we mm-hmm. see lower participation rates in the charitable giving and also lower average gifts. So this is just mm-hmm. like a big picture. And, you know, there are like so many insights about that. And of course, everybody wants to know, you know, why. And I think we all, <laughs> uh, you know, we all kind of know why, but, you know, there, there are, you know, few hypotheses and you know, individual, I think people have different ideas. And, you know, there's some studies and research that kind of support that. Um, we also see that online donations are growing. And again, I don't think that that's a surprise to anyone because we see really what's happening in e-commerce and online retail and, e- and you know, other spheres of our lives as they're transitioning more uh, into the digital economy and online. And of course, we're experiencing this head on right now because we're all we've all gone you know online and, and digital so mm-hmm. we see that again although the overall giving is flat and has been in Canada and that's really a huge concern that the online um, that the online giving has actually grown quite a lot mm-hmm. um, and when we look at the uh, when we look at again some of the Based, uh, most important sort of de- demographic trends within that overall giving is flatlining. Uh, we see that the participation rates have really gone down. Like in 2006, um, we had like 25% of tax filers. And in 2016, we had 20%. And then in 2017, we see the same trend. And we see like a huge drop in donation rates in the 45 to 54 age. Mm. Um, like from 30% in 2006 to, to, to you know, 23% in 2016. But really all age bands have seen a decline. And then when you look at the income, a family income, you see particularly big declines in the families that actually make, uh, generate $150,000 and plus. So they're actually, mm. even if, even, even as their income grows, their, their giving is not growing commensurately. Mm. So when I look all of this, there is one demographic group that is basically shouldering most of the giving in Canada, and that is the donors aged 55 and plus. And we've, mm-hmm. in the charitable sector, we've been talking about this forever, and I'm sure you know this. Like, you know, we are all dependent on civics, on donors, and you know, older boomers 
who are 55 and plus. And they, for example, gave $6.9 billion to charity in Canada in 2017. And that's like almost double that that was given by Canadians aged 25 to 54, right? Right, so like they're everyone giving else. <laughs> more. Well, they're aging out, but they're giving more, right? So, yeah. uh, and then, you know, the generation, their cohort, that it's coming right be- behind them. And I, I, I think this is pretty similar in the States as well from what my studies. Uh, the generation that is coming right after them, 45 to 54, actually had the largest decline in this age period. So, hmm. you know, when you look at that, it just really doesn't bode well. And then you have all the other trends, which is uh, decline in, you know, religious uh, attendance of religious in places of worship. We all talk about millennials so much and how they're different and they engage differently and they like different things and they may not necessarily have the, you know, the same relationship to charities that, you know, older generations have. Um, so we, we, we really do see that and it's, uh, it's kind of traveling and also coupled with that. So the participation rates are down. But Brady, coupled with that, the average donation per Canadian adult fell from, you know, 373 in 2006 to, you know, 360 in 2017. Mm-hmm. And really, the giving has not been keeping up with the population growth in Canada. The CAGR for uh, the donations is less than 1%, and the Canadian population has grown more than that. So, you right. know, overall, it's not looking great. Yeah. It's not looking great. So here's here's what I struggle with when when these reports and it is very similar to in the U.S. when you look at yeah, kind of the yeah, older yeah. generation is kind of giving more and papering over the underlying cracks of yeah. fewer people giving, which is a massive problem, especially when you look at forty five to fifty four. That's really really troubling. And so you know, there's part of me that doesn't want to be too alarmist, you know, and you know that maybe it's the Canadian side where we're a little bit more passive. But the flip side is yeah. this is. This is a big deal, and if if organizations don't kind of feel the pain or understand the pain or the pain that looks yeah. like it is to come, then why would they change? But whatever we're doing isn't working very well, so we need to yeah. change. How do we balance that of you know not being like alarmist and too reactionary, but also really signifying we've never had more data at our disposal. We've never yeah. had it easier to give, and everything's declining. So yeah. what are we doing, and what are we doing that's wrong, yeah. right? How do we balance that? Yes, I, I think, well, listen, I mean, I don't think it's easy, right? There is, you know, I mean, right. we can talk about this forever. There is, you know, there is a huge technology disruption. I mean, the charitable sector is an older entrenched uh, space, and it will be hard to char- change. It's subject to disruption. Disruption always happens from, you know, outside of, you know, the, the established systems. I mean, I was a magazine publisher once, Brady, where... Mm very successful magazine, and then the internet came, and we just completely <laughs> underestimated it, right? We could right. not imagine that anybody would be reading anything online, right? So I think there is a lot of underestimation, and, you know, charities are very complex entities, and they're different, mm-hmm. right? And I think this is such a systemic thing. It goes from, you know, partially it's their fault because they maybe are not making cases for, you know, investment into online and technology effectively mm-hmm. enough to their boards, it's partially our fault to the donors, right? Because we don't want to invest into charities. We don't want yeah, we don't want time. some charity to be, you know, spending money on their operations and how to scale it. And that's really completely idiotic when you think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. how else are they gonna do anything, right? So yeah. I think it's the donors, it's the grantors, it's the funders, it's the charity themselves that are really, you know, caught in the status quo. And 
you know, unlike in the for-profit world, Brady, where, I mean, you have to change or you'll be out of business, you'll be on the street, you have to, I mean, the competition is so fierce and, you know, there is a very acute um, feeling, you know, you have shareholders, you have, I mean, you know, you have shared price, you have, um, I don't think the feeling here, like everybody's feeling the pain to your point, but then we can, you know, continue as is and we yeah. can stretch that and we can, you know, continue to, to, you know, operate in a suboptimal way. And then also we're here to help, you know, the animals and, and environment. And so many of these people are not necessarily, you know, people who can really, you know, think about these things in a way and maybe not even interested, right? Because they're passionate people who are there, you know, thank God to, to help so many. So I think, I think the problem, right. the issues are complex and they're systemic. And then, you know, the very uh, nature of philanthropy, as we know, is evolving and changing. And I mean, we have GoFundMe, we have Crowd, we have, you know, mm-hmm. younger people do not necessarily make distinction between what their company is doing and all the companies are now market, marketing to their millennial employees as mm-hmm. like, you know, that they're like social good and world-changing companies because that's, you know, that's kind of the current era of brand and corporate marketing. So yeah. lives are blurring. You know, charities are not well prepared to, to really uh, thrive and to, you know, to, to, to take all the, take advantage of all the opportunities that are present mm-hmm. because there is a leveling of the playing field for sure through technology, right? But yeah. again, the know-how is not there. Where is the know-how? Well, the know-how is employed by the for-profit companies that are able to pay, you know, 50% more in salaries. And here we have charities that are like uh, gutted because nobody ever gave them any money to improve themselves, right? So yeah. it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's super complicated, and you know, uh, it's obviously many many different uh, yeah. follow up discussions that we could have. The competition one's interesting, um, you know, and like the the lack of really market mechanism. I actually wrote my master's thesis on competition in the nonprofit space, and basically oh, how it doesn't really exist, you know, and it's not a natural uh, weeder out. In in some cases, it actually like um, rewards organizations that probably should should cease to exist, but it. Yeah. You know, saying we we may shut our doors. There's a ton of passionate, committed donors that will yeah. prop up that organization. When if that was a for profit, investors go, no way, I'm investing yeah. in this. Yeah, this you know? doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing in and of its own right. But then, yeah. the, you know, agree. the lack of investment I, and people. There's there's yeah. so many things wrapped up in there. There is um, so much. It is. And then you have the demographic changes. You have the online giving, the mobile giving. Yeah. You have this whole new generation who is a, which is about experience and UI. And I mean, who can compete with the sleekness and UI of Go, GoFundMe, right? Like it's so, you know, it's, it's, it's all of it is, is, you know, it's kind of wrapped into this. But, you know, it is a time of great opportunity. And, you know, you and I started this conversation talking about basic optimization of, you know, mm-hmm. I've spent, you know, I've spent seven years saying, you know, basic optimization, do these things, go on mobile, just do some basic things because th- that they will be important, right? Like now yeah. we see that, you know, mobile traffic is, has overtaken the desktop traffic and the, and we see also in Canada have that mobile donations are growing way, 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 way faster than the desktop. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are some basic things I think that everybody but to your point, like, what is that impetus to change? You know, I think what we're seeing with COVID and, you know, the economy 
the mm. economic catastrophe that is rolling <laughs> towards us, even with all the quantitative easing and, you know, thank God all the help. But I think charities are literally caught off guard, right? Like I don't have online, I don't have, you know, good forms. I'm not on mobile and, you know, all these things. So, I mean, I think maybe ironically this crisis may actually be that impetus. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And, uh, you know, there's an expression, my brother, who's a coach, he always says pressure makes a pipe break. And, you know, you don't know how strong your pipes are until they're really put yeah. under pressure. And I think yeah, a lot of organizations sure. are seeing, oh, our digital program, you know, isn't actually too strong because we can't move quick enough. Or now that we have an influx of volume, we're losing donors or whatever it might be. So, you know, maybe that could be a silver lining perhaps coming out of this is a, a refocus or a reinvestment yeah. in, in the digital side of things. Yeah. Um, since you mentioned COVID, let's let's talk about covid and just kind of the Canadian kind of response. So, I mean, we're we're talking on April 1st here. And so, as we know, things can change very, very rapidly. Um, yeah. But what have, what have you seen through Canada Helps or kind of in your own life? What, what have you seen Canadians doing and Canadian charities doing to kind of respond to really this unprecedented, you know, crisis and pandemic? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've hosted a few webinars. But, I mean, so the first thing that we saw is that all the events got canceled. We have mm-hmm. uh, uh, an event management platform that is really popular. So uh, so we all of a sudden we saw that not, not a single event will happen in the next, you know, however. Like, we looked at three months. And, I mean, for us, we, like, that was about $10 million just from Canada Helps Platform in kind of booked right, revenues. Right. Uh, right. So then we had all these, like, webinars to, you know, talk about how you can transition those events online and how you can do more of a person to person. And I think that really works well. We, Grady, we had like thousands. I think one of those webinars, we had like 3,000 participants, right? I mean, that just tells you like what a, you know, the need was. And I honestly think that a lot of charities did that well. Like, you know, they had a golf tournament and now they came up with something else. Um, you know, one thing that's really actually took my breath away with this crisis and I almost get emotional when I talk about it. So yeah, I'm sure I'm getting emotional, but mm. you know, we see, we actually saw in our um, report this year that, you know, lots of, I mean, Canadians respond in time of crisis for sure. And mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, we've seen that in, in the data and, um, uh, you know, with the, with COVID, like we saw for a couple of days, we saw a softening because people were just in shock. And then we really saw an unprecedented rallying of Canadians to support charities. And um, like we are seeing, uh, you know, 54% increase in new monthly gifts in Canada Health, 65% increase, it's just the last three weeks, in the number of donors supporting Canadian charities uh, you know, the donations to the food services subcategory are up like, you know, 1,230%. And um, it, 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 it really is breathtaking. And, you know, it's one of those like bright spots that, you know, that we'll see here. But, but we, we see this from the giving report as well, that crisis is one of those things that just, you know, motivates people to, um, you know, to, to, uh, to respond. Right. And Canadians are yeah. really just a super, super, super generous bunch. 
And yeah. we actually just also launched to uh, COVID-19 cost funds where we rolled up a whole bunch of campaigns um, coast to coast that from the different charities that are, you know, uh, dealing with COVID-19 fallout. And we enable people to just donate into this broad effort with a single click. And uh, we got a $2 million uh, one-to-one match from Gore Mutual Foundation. So we'll see how that goes. But but mm. um, I think Canadians are really stepping up. Um, uh, and I think charities, from what I am hearing and the interest in the webinars, they really are thinking, well, we just have to become digital. We talked about yeah. digital transformation before and, you know, but now we have to, right? Because who knows? I, I think in many ways, the world will not be the same, Brady, for a long time. There will be no events. There will be, I mean, this mm. will be more of a wholesale push into this digital, digital economy that it has been mm-hmm. coming forever. But, right. you know, um, I think it will be here now more yeah. fully and, and, and faster than maybe other, you know, normal circumstances. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is really, uh, inspiring, you know, to see people respond, uh, not just Canadians, but people, you know, around the world. And then I know, you know, one of the the things that people have looked into in the past is, well, what happens after these kind of disaster gifts come in? And there's actually a couple of research studies that have been done in the last few years kind of looking at, well, what does this do to like subsequent giving? And what's interesting is one of the research studies found that people are more likely to give uh, to non-disaster response organizations after they've given to a disaster response agency, because you know those of us that nerd out over charity and charitable giving, yeah. you know this concept of the warm glow and how you feel good, and you're actually yeah. more likely to to give again. And they've seen that apply to not just disaster relief, so arts organizations or environments or whoever's not in the line of duty can actually also benefit from this kind of macro warm glow, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another group looked at like, you know, what does this do to giving later? Because some people say, oh, great, we'll get a big influx of giving now. But what about November, December, when, you know, a lot of organizations get 50, 60, 70% of their online revenue? And what they found is there's actually no difference. If people give today, they're just as likely to give again down the road. And so there is this element where, again, maybe trying to find some silver linings of if people interact with charitable giving now and, you know, out of response, if they have a good experience and if it's something that maybe they Uh haven't done uh or, you know, there is an opportunity, us, you know, Uh sectorally uh actually to engage and connect and kind of maybe get some of these people back into giving at large, you know, that have maybe been on the fringes or part of the decline. So. You know, yeah, you add yeah, that yeah, plus yeah. the the fix to digital, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm grasping at straws and the hopeful side yeah, of things, yeah, but yeah. maybe there is no, but you know, it's some, true, some good yeah. That can come and out. we see this with Giving Tuesday as well. You know, where we thought all oh, Giving Tuesday now December is going to be down, but we actually saw that in all the years in which we did did Giving Tuesday here, December was stronger. And actually, Sean, our head of data, just did an analysis. Well, listen, it's no different than what e-commerce companies when you're selling things online. I mean, it's not. Because you're trying to engage that first-time buyer. Of course, you're far more likely to become a second, third, and four-time buyer if you Mm -hmm. become a first-time buyer first and if you had a good experience, right? But I think that engagement in the sector, yeah, like I I, I for sure feel that that's that's part of it, that people just, or, you know, yeah, 
there is there is a you know residual effect that is positive. Yeah. So again, there's there's uh, some gloom and doom in the world. There's you yeah. know some gloom and doom in in the report that you and your team have produced. But hopefully, there's also you know a lot of hope and you know seeing the influx of monthly gifts in a time yeah. of emergency need. You know, yeah. like that's great. You see yeah. the emergence of digital. So maybe there's some some good things for yeah. us. Uh, yeah. to look forward to. Well, thanks for taking some time to to kind of talk about the response in Canada and what the report is. Uh, what's coming up next for, for you in Canada Helps kind of 2020 and beyond? Or can, we, can you even think it. beyond the next week right now? Well, this, well, we, um, as I said, we, uh, we started working on this idea to develop a so-called cause fund. And uh, some would be kind of indexed out, some would be uh, curated, and um, this, this is actually our own way of responding to what we think based on, you know, lots of research that we've done on what younger donors may want, right? More causes and easy way to engage with causes versus particular charities. So we've been working on this for like a couple of years. Mm. Um, we're also working on a large new product uh, that is aimed at smaller charities that already use Canada Health uh, mm either donation forms or event management platform or person-to-person fundraising platform that will go together with it, like um, uh, a right-sized CRM or DMS for charities that's launching imminently. Again, we've been so busy with this one. And in Mm. general, I think we're really, really interested in continuing to help charities uh, transition into this digital economy, learn Mm you know, how to become better, how to become more effective, how to become more self-reliant, how to, you know, exist in this, in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and also on the, on the side of Canadians to continue to advocate for charities, uh, uh, produce this and other reports. Uh, I mean, I, I write as, you know, as much as I can. And, and also I think really hopefully, hopefully, making some progress in helping Canadians understand, you know, what's at stake with a weaker mm-hmm. charitable sector yeah. or why it matters, right? And, um, you know, like you probably by now, I've seen and met with so many charities and I understood what they do and who they helped. And, um, you know, I, I think I would like, you know, more people to kind of, you know, understand that. And, and that's what we're also trying to do. And to also understand that investing into charity is a good thing and that we need to help them become yeah. stronger, right? And that's the only way for that to happen is if we are okay with charities spending some of that money on themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady, you know that most charities are volunteer-run and, you know, like they do an amazing job, at, but you know, I, I I often go in, and I'm sure you had the same experience. And I just wonder how they survived at all, right? And that's yeah. your point, you know. So it's it's interesting, for sure. Yeah, well, a lot to, a lot to look forward to, and a lot going on. Uh, where can people find out more about you, kind of the report and the work that you're doing? Well, the report is on CanadaHelps.org, and it's under the Discover tab. Uh, so it's called the Giving Report. And, you know, we have blogs there and my blog. So that's where. 
Great. And we'll be sure to, to share out the report and I'll be sure to uh, share it out personally so uh, we can get more Thanks. more Canadians, uh, yes. get some more Canadian data in the hands of Canadians. So thank you so yes, much totally. uh, for Thanks, doing that. Lady. And thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you. Hi again, this is Brady, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to listen to all future episodes or maybe go back and listen to some of our past episodes, you can do so by going to generosityfreakshow.com or you can search The Generosity Freak Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much wherever you listen to your pods. And uh, if you have any questions or a suggested guest or maybe you yourself would like to come on the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at podcast at nextafter.com. That's podcast at nextafter.com. And if you want to find out more about this vision to unleash the most generous generation in the history of the world and what we're doing at Next After in terms of research, resources, and training, you can find out more at nextafter.com. That's nextafter.com. Thank you very much for listening. And finally, I have to say thank you to Nathan Hill, our producer and mixologist. This would not be possible without him. So thank you, Nathan. And thank you once again for listening.